You are listening to episode eight of the Skill Seeker podcast. We are almost at double digits. So excited. So excited. Ah, oh, just another week, another lady crush of mine. This is Di. This week we're talking to Di Matingley, who is the lady boss behind Nunchi Oils. And Nunchi Oils are known for their amazing mood sprays. So they're aromatherapy sprays that you spray into the room and actually have like happy vibes or calm vibes or oh she's got a few different products in her range they are they are just divine I'm totally obsessed with her branding and packaging and I had to ask her about that of course I had to ask her how it went from concept to creation and what she learned along the way now she holds nothing back she's totally upfront and honest I cannot tell you like how obsessed I am with her branding seriously obsessed I go on about it a lot this episode we do talk about branding a lot I think I have a whole new appreciation for branding since expanding from maybe as our business expands as skill seeker collective expands and we've taken on more projects and and do more things rather than just having a logo and moving into the physical product space with the skill kits which are being printed as we speak and dispatched as we speak, knowing the amount of attention and detail that goes into planning a physical product and how hard that actually is to pull off effectively and looking at what Di has created with her branding, like the user experience that she creates with her packaging, with the with the product, with the... Um, with the whole thing, it's totally just an experience. And I love that we uh, end up talking about charging what you're worth, like knowing that you've got a quality product and that it is worth it is worth what you charge and sticking by that and not being tempted to lower your prices because of what people around you are doing, like the competition, what they're charging. If you've got something that has a point of difference, actually going out there and, and saying, hey, this is this is what it's worth because I, I put my heart and soul into this, but also it works. And the experience starts as soon as you even hit Instagram, if we're completely honest. We're not waiting for that package to arrive on the doorstep. I think the real experience happens as soon as you hit her Instagram feed is truly beautiful. But, you know, as we do with every single expert that we speak to, every single inspirational brand, we find out what she knows now that she wish she knew then and get to understand the flops and failures. She actually talks about rebranding and relaunching one of her products that she thought was going to be her go-to product the one that everyone knew her for actually wasn't as successful as she imagined so she's in the process of revamping that and is about to launch that and yeah interesting tales about the whole process um so it's good good to chat we i just seem to be really lucky that we're catching these brands as exciting things are unfolding for their businesses or maybe everyone has something exciting not sure but once again this week, Di has an exciting story to share and let's just jump straight in. 
enough about me talking about how crazy obsessed I am. Let's just jump in and see what Di has to say. You're listening to the Skill Seeker Podcast, and I'm your host, Emily. Let's get real and drop that insta-perfect fail. We have one big question for all of our guests. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? Join me each week for a dose of inspiration and education as we chat with amazing women in business, sharing their stories and lessons learned. of your business how do I say that correctly I say nunchi 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 yes it could be nunchi and it could be nunchi yes I say nunchi where did you come up with that name what does that mean so it's actually a Korean word it came up I was looking for a name for my business Mm -hmm. so as what we do when we want to find something I was googling it started coming up with words in other languages that we don't have a word for in English. These great words were coming up. Nunchi came up. It means being able to gauge the mood of a person or the mood of a room. So it's like having good nunchi is, I suppose, emotional intelligence. It's usually using our intuition. I was calling my sprays mood sprays. It kind of the the idea that it's about reading people's moods was really relevant. Mm -hmm. And also the idea of emotional intelligence was really relevant. Because my whole, what I want to get from people using my sprays is that they get better at understanding themselves and Mm -hmm. they get better at maybe understanding other people and that whole concept. So it really married really well. My greatest concern was I was worried about cultural appropriation. So Mm -hmm. using a term from another culture. Mm -hmm. So I did actually ask a few people that I knew that had worked in amongst Koreans and, you know, spent time in Korea and they thought it would be okay. And I haven't had any backlash from that, which has been been nice. It's really interesting because often when I do the markets, especially if I'm doing a city market, I'll get Koreans that will come and they'll just stand there and they'll just look at the my name and especially the symbol of my logo mm-hmm. because it's really important in their language. So that symbol means I. So it means seeing and it's like having a third eye. so I'll see you know people standing there and just looking and I'll go up to them and I'll say are you recognizing the name and they say yes nunchi it's Korean it's Korean and they say it's not a word that they use very often Mm -hmm. but it's something it's like a knowing in their language which I really love that idea I love that yeah so I think it's a little bit like you know how in Japanese there's a bit of that wabi-sabi that's going along at the moment. It's, you know, I see it popping up every now and then. It's about the art of kind of imperfection and that things mm-hmm. change. And I think that's a bit similar. It's not really a term that the Japanese use, but it's just something that is a knowing in their language. Yeah. And wow. in their culture. So that's how I came up with it. Google. Thanks, Google. Yeah, thanks, Google. (laughs) Where did this adventure begin for you? A very long time ago for me because 
when I first mentioned it to people that this is what I was going to do, all my friends and my family just say, you know, that is so you. It's just an extension of who I am. So it just, when I started, it just felt so natural that everything that I'd done in my life, just this is what it became and this is what it grew into. So I spent many years of my life, I suppose about 20, working in my husband's graphic design agency as not as a designer, but in administration. But through that, I got an eye into the design process and a really great understanding in yes, how you, you can did. get a product up and running. So that was always embedded in me and always, I suppose, a frustration because watching it and I had this creative part in me that just wanted to explore being able to do it. And then, so after I left that business, I then went on a bit of a journey with yoga teaching. So completely different, but a lot of exploration into myself. So I did a yoga teaching course. I became a yoga teacher for a while. And also, in actual fact, it's backstepping a bit again, but I did a um, two-year course in holistic counselling. So that incorporated all the modalities of alternative medicine and how to use it in a helping kind of frame. So I did a year of essential oils in that part of my course. So I gained an understanding of them. So this is kind of linking everything together. Then I just began dabbling a bit more in essential oils and just having a bit of fun with them. And I had a girlfriend that was doing it too. And she actually, I was about to go on a road trip with some friends and she made me a spray. And she just said, oh, I just wanted to give this to you. And she's a beautiful girl and always, you know, giving gifts. And so just before I jumped into the car to go on this road trip, I ran back in the house and grabbed this spray. And it became like the fun part of our trip. Every time anyone got a bit antsy or, you know, moody or something, we would use this spray. And we all kind of laughed and loved it. And, and after that trip, and of of course, it was to Byron Bay, which is where, you know, you get a lot of creative, creative energy in Byron Bay. When I came home, I just kind of thought, you know what, I think this could be a thing. If I use my knowledge of the design process and then use my knowledge of the yoga, the essential oils and mindfulness and all that, I think I could package this up. So... That's really where it started. And the funny thing was I have had ideas in the past, put them out to people and, you know, it's like, oh, really? Oh, you know, do you think that's going to be a goer? But every time I mentioned this, I just got encouragement. So I kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, I might go with this. So I then just basically just took it very small step by step by step to kind of go ahead with the process. So were you, you were exploring all of these avenues and building the brand at the same time. You didn't just be like, this is the starting point. This is where I'm going to, I'm going to create this now because looking at your branding, the reason I'm asking this, looking at your branding, it is so on point. Like it is so perfect. It is the most consistent branding I've seen if someone set out to achieve what you've achieved, there would almost be paralysis in trying to trying to do that. 
did it happen organically? Did did you build little bits or did you just know holistically what it was going to look like? Thank you for saying that. I had no idea what it was going to look like. I had no idea. So the very beginning process of getting the, the branding and getting the look, I couldn't do it myself. I'm not that talented. So I had to think about who I would approach to do it for me. I didn't want to, being in the design field or working in that field for a long time, I knew how expensive that process can be because it takes a long time to come up with a concept and to come up with the right concept. We had, through our business, we had a guy that came in who was from, he was a designer and he was from Colombia and he'd come to Australia to just try and get some experience. And he came in our door, he hardly spoke any English and he just wanted to get some experience. And I built a bit of rapport with him because I got him to do a few little jobs for me, my personal things, because I was running mindfulness workshops at the time and he did some lovely things for me. Then he disappeared and he went to Barcelona and he was doing a master's in typography over there. So I knew that what he was doing was only going to get better and better. And we happened to reconnect with him in Barcelona because I lived there with my husband for a little while. So he was always somewhere, someone that I felt like I could go to. So he's actually now living in Finland. So I did just, I just emailed him and I just said, I've got this idea. Would you be interested in running by some concepts with me? Which he really liked doing. And he did it for me at an incredible price because he felt like our business had kind of helped him. Mm-hmm. So when I gave him the brief, I had to kind of, you know, keep explaining it a bit better because it's hard via emails mm-hmm. to really express what you want. But we kind of got through it. And it's funny, the concept that I went with of his was the first one, the very first one that he got back to me with. It, it didn't kind of, at the time, I thought, oh, It's not really what I was envisaging, but my husband's really helpful in that way because of his experience. He go, he just kept saying, "Die, this is the one. You know, you need to go with his first idea. This would have been the one he liked the best and gave me the confidence to go with it. So that's how we kind of came up with that logo and yeah. And then you really took that and expanded it, exploded it across every element didn't you your packaging everything <laughs> well I suppose that's just you know my little bit of creativity letting that come out mm. so the idea of creating the cards with the bottles which I give kind of these informational cards with the bottles and that just kind of I just felt like people weren't going to get enough just from the bottle and I really wanted people to understand that it's not just a room spray that it's, there's something more to it. And I've put a lot of research into it and I just wanted them to be able to kind of get that with, with what they bought. So it's when you see it, it's like, that's a no brainer, but actually it wasn't necessarily a no brainer. No, no. Um, and you know, upon reflection, it costs me more, a lot more, mm-hmm. um, to do these, all these little extra bits and to keep it looking so nice but I just that's important for me I just 
I've got pride in what I put out there. So I want it to be as good as it can be and as nice as it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's very, very attractive and appealing. Yeah. Thank you. What room sprays do you have at the moment? How many are in the range? And has, has there been any... So been any flops? Yes, they seem to have it all has, together. Yeah, no, there has been a flop, and it's really funny you ask that because I've just redone one of my sprays, which was actually one of it was probably the very first one I did called Just Chill. It was the first name I came up with, and my idea was it was meant to be the spray, the go-to spray, and the one that everyone loved. Well, it's been my least <laughs> selling spray, so I've just decided that I love the idea of it and I want it to work so I've redone my formula for that one mm-hmm. and that's the first one I've redone kept the name still called just chill yes I tried to change the name but I just couldn't think of anything else so I thought no I'll just stick with the name yeah so it'd be interesting to see how that goes perfect and how many products are there in the range so <clears throat> room spray uh the mood sprays there's about nine wow. I started off with four mm-hmm but I kept coming up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of kept expanding, mm-hmm. which once again, you know, business-wise is probably not a great move because making a new product doesn't mean making more money. It mm-hmm. just means it costs you more mm-hmm. because people are still, you know, you're still really only selling the same amount, but you're having to produce more. And I hand make all these. So it just oh, makes. Do you? Yes, I do. Wow. So I spend a lot of time just making them all. And I'm so particular about each one and the formula in each one and keeping the consistency and for them all to be right. That can be very time consuming. Are the products need driven? Do you find yourself in situations where, you're like, if only it was a spray for this, and then you've created. Have people come to you and be like, do you have a spray for da-da-da-da-da and you'll gather the statistics and think there's a lot of need for calming my baby. Is that something that you create? Combination of both. Yes, I do get people asking for things. I, I've pretty much, I kept getting asked, asked for a happy spray. Mm-hmm. So people just kept asking me, have you got a happy spray? Have you got something, you know, to help? you know, make you happy. So hence I came up with Sunny, which is an uplifting spray. So I felt there was a real need for that. So that's why that was created. I've got a a range of baby sprays. So they pretty much came about because I've got two little granddaughters and my daughter said, mum, you should do some baby sprays. So I kind of followed her guide with that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I got a bit angry when I discovered you after my children had grown up. I'm like, where were you when my baby was (laughs) a nutbag? (laughs) Oh, if I can help mums in some way, that would just be the best thing because I know how stressful and difficult time and I think mums need any sort of little help that they can get. Mm. So, yeah, if I can, I'd love to be a part of that space and helping young mums. Yeah. So beautiful. I love it all. (laughs) What's the one thing that you know now that you wish you knew then? Mm, That's a, that's an interesting question because I probably don't wish I'd known anymore because it's just 
that's been the fun of the journey is learning. I love being a student and I would go back to uni in a shot. My kids say, mum, we think you've done enough study. <laughs> I think you just need to put yourself out there because I love, yeah, I just love that personal growth you get when you're learning something new. So I don't think there's anything that I would have really wanted to know because it would have taken all that pleasure and growth away from my personal journey. And I'm, you know, God, I don't know at all now. I, I'm still just constantly learning. I mean, I've just done a run of labels for, I'm going to bring out some body oils. And I had this, you know, great idea for new labeling. And I just did this run of labels, which is probably the most expensive part of my process because I make sure the labels are really great quality. And, and I'm also really passionate about everything being made in Australia. They're a disaster. I put them on my bottles and I've just gone, oh my God, I can't sell that. That looks terrible. And, you know, upon reflection, I just thought, I should have realised that or I should have known that, that this wasn't going to work. And anyway, but it's all another learning curve. I really try and choose suppliers in my business that I can build really good relationships with, that I can trust. That I think when you're learning and when you're new to something, if you can get people that can help really support you in that, it just really helps the process. So I don't always look for the best price to do things. I just try and look for the best people that are really going to listen to me and support me. So this, this was a Friday afternoon and I need these labels. Hopefully they're going to arrive today because I've got a photo shoot tomorrow. Um, and I rang these people at five o'clock on Friday afternoon and said, I can't use these labels. They're terrible and I've got a photo shoot. I had to have them kind of completely redone and, you know, they've been trying to print them off really quickly to help me. And that's, that's what I feel like the most, you know, you feel like, well, they're, they're trying their utmost to help me to get where I need to be. That's just so valuable when you've got someone you can trust. Absolutely. We yeah. had a similar incident with some printing recently, actually, where we decided to shop for the price first mm, yeah and then we're like oh that was a very expensive mistake <laughs> <laughs> because we just didn't have the support that we needed we didn't end up with the product quality that we needed yeah and then we went back to the original guy our tail between our legs yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's something i really learned from my husband in business because they often had clients that would use them and then they'd say look i'm sorry but you're too expensive we're going to you know, the cheaper op option. And so many times they would come back. It's a very hard balance with, especially with a small business yeah. to maintain the profit margins. Yes. And the quality at the same time. It's a constant, constant juggle. It is a constant juggle. And I think you've got to allow time to let that sort of, I kind of feel like if I keep the product really high quality, time will, will eventually see me through. Yes. Like I'm not going to make, you know, millions now, but hopefully long-term people will know that they can trust my product and yeah. And all those relationships get built up and yeah. Sometimes I think when you go the cheaper option, it ends up costing you more in the long term anyway. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about these labels just because yes. I like yes. to, I like to know what was wrong with the labels. What? So, so what I did, I decided I wanted to use, because my labeling's normally black with white mm. print. Yes. And, 
And um, I decided I wanted to use clear labels with white print. So it would just look like the white printing on my amber bottles. Mm -hmm. When I got the labels, there was nothing wrong with the label. But when I put it onto my glass bottle, you could see all the glue underneath the label. It came through, which I then put them onto a plastic bottle and Mm -hmm. they're okay. So it was just the bottle, really, that I was using that they weren't working on. So the only way I would have known that was to get some sample labels printed, which I didn't, one, think of doing and didn't really have the time because I'm mm-hmm. on this, you know, fast-track timeline at the moment to try and get some things happening. So yeah. New products coming? Yeah, so I'm, one thing that people have often been asking me is, for body oils mm-hmm. and I know there's quite a few things in that space but I really want to explore the idea of still the emotional aspect of um, what I was creating along with something that you could rub onto your body so I thought well yeah I'll give this a go I'm trying to get out these body oils and I'm trying to do it I've got a stall in the city Sunday week Mm-hmm. They're trying to have them ready for then. And I've got a photo shoot tomorrow. So trying to have it ready for then. Do you love the photo shoot element? Oh my God, I love it. It's that was so great. Fun. <laughs> it seems very you. Like the. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would have I just, you know, once again, when I was in working my husband's business, I just used to watch things and just think god i wish i was a part of that or i wish i could do that it was one thing when i once again one of my very early steps i realized that photography was going to be a big key because it's all about imagery and especially for something like you know my product mm-hmm. got to look so pretty and one of the biggest things I've done along my way is ask people and I've actually gone mostly to the younger generation to ask them because I feel like I'm a bit of a dinosaur in this area and the young people know they're the ones that are kind of the entrepreneurial ones and I watch I love watching the young people and what they're doing and the courage that they've got to go and put something out there so I asked a young friend of mine a few questions about my business and then asked her for the name of a photographer and she recommended this girl called Yana and uh, you know once again if I find someone that I click with and I like I just want to stick with them and uh, she's actually a food photographer. So it was something that wasn't really her thing. Along the way, you know, she's really started enjoying photographing my product. And we kind of have a play around. And, you know, once again, we just kind of wing it with, with what we do. But she's got a lovely eye and she's a beautiful photographer and really lovely to work with. So, yeah, the photography is really fun. How long have you been working with Yana for? A bit over a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many years in business are you? Well, only about 18 months. Oh, get out of town. (laughs) It looks like such an established brand. Well, that's the the beauty of Instagram and the internet. Mm. You know, you get a website up, you get, you know, you start using Instagram and it's all about perception. So you can make something look so mm. much more than what it actually is. Is this where you thought it'd be when you started? If you were projecting where you'd been 18 months is this about what you expected or a different direction completely or 
I had no expectations. Mm -hmm. I just really, it was just something to take step by step and very slowly. Mm -hmm. I just thought if it was a product I created and my friends would just drop around and buy it, well, then that would be okay. I suppose I got a lot of courage from, I've got a girlfriend that's got a beautiful product. She does hand dyeing, hand indigo dyeing products. And she was doing a market, the Emu Plains market down in Balnearing. For a season, I helped her at the market and I loved it. And I love seeing her, the courage it took to put herself out there. And I also love meeting all the other people at the market and seeing them with these beautiful creative ideas and then just, you know, having a crack and putting it out there. And I thought, you know what, this is a bit of a thing. If you've got a bit of an idea, you can actually put it out there without having to get a shop front or and that's the that is the most exciting thing about today I think because you can go and get a market stall it doesn't cost you much you just you know get a few bits and pieces together and then you can just put your product out there and you can start slowly if you've got the energy there's so many markets on now you can go wild with it you could do a market stall you know all over the place, you know, sort of four times a weekend if you wanted to. And some people do. It's a great way of getting a product out there. So that's what kind of gave me the courage to just go, you know what, I can do, I can do this. This is a bit of fun and let's just see where it goes. It's very much that I always say that I feel like Nunchi's kind of like boat in a way and I'm just standing there kind of holding onto the steering wheel and allowing it to sail. Because I feel like it's actually, it might be a bit of a cliche, but I actually feel like it's got a bit of a life force of its own. I always feel like it needs, it needs to be out there. It's telling me that it needs to be there and that people want it. So I've actually got an obligation to keep going with it. It's funny. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of giving me that energy and, and helping me do it and taking me on this amazing journey that I'm loving absolutely sustainable business. I love it when people talk with that level of passion about their business and how they're, they sort of co-create their life and business and their business helps them grow and develop and they help their business grow and develop. And it really is just yeah. a great place to be. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, for me, it's not just a product. It's about what's behind the product and I have got a very strong urge to help people, hence the yoga and doing, I was running kind of meditation and mindfulness classes and workshops. And this seems is, is kind of a tool that can keep me in that space and can keep me also always researching and learning more about it and also connecting with, you know, like-minded people. The amazing thing, with it is that the stockers now that have Nunchi in their stores, most of them have approached me and I could not be dealing with more beautiful people. I, I, I just remember my husband's business and there, there was always so much angst around the clients and they worked, it, it was a lot in the corporate world and it was very stressful and people wanting things and there wasn't much love involved <laughs> um, with the clients. But this, the people are just so lovely and they're so grateful to have my product. 
and they're also seem to be passionate about my products. So it's just so lovely to be in that space where I'm dealing with such nice people. Beautiful. Yeah. What does the future hold for you? What are the plans? Look, I haven't got super long-term plans for myself. I'm just very much taking it a step at a time. I, I've always loved the idea of someone young coming alongside me and helping me take it to mm-hmm. the next level mm-hmm. and then maybe them taking it on their own journey. That, that's something that I'd really love so that... It's something that I started, but it keeps going. Perfect. Yeah, that's probably what I would really like to happen. Yes. Then I also maybe, you know, once you've created this baby, it becomes a bit of your baby and it would be very hard to let go of that control that I've got. So I've got, you know, we'll just see what happens. I have a feeling that someone will just come into your life and it will be this beautiful transition that that maybe you won't even know is happening at the time. Yeah. I, that's just how I feel. Maybe. maybe. I kind of try and keep my eyes out and see mm. has the right person come along yet? But, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens. Well, I'm, whatever happens, I'm sure it's going to be gloriously beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. No pressure. I think it just happens naturally for you. Oh, oh thank you. Where can we find you? Where do, where do you live online? What are your apps? What's your Instagram? Uh, so my Instagram is at nunchi underscore oils. And please follow me <laughs> because that is my go-to major marketing ploy is mm-hmm. Instagram. So I'm really trying to, you know, increase that because mm-hmm. the bottom line is if I'm really going to do well, it's going to be online mm-hmm. and my website is nunchioils.com.au so easy i have got a couple of questions that were sent to oh, me oh you do yes go for it yep so awesome <laughs> so one of them was these lovely girls that i know called um they run a company called women of wanda and yes. it's taking you on trekking holidays Mm -hmm. so beautiful walks out in nature and staying overnight and Mm -hmm. they're also very passionate about beautiful food so you get very healthy food along the way and so yeah I've said it's on my bucket list to do one of these trips but they've asked was there a particular action or piece of advice that helped kick your business into another gear I think seeking help and advice from others has just been what's kept me going. So whenever I feel like I'm really out of my depth, I'll go and ask. And like I said earlier, I usually ask, seek out the younger generation's advice. Mm -hmm. And I've actually taken on board a couple of young girls called Kit Cartel and they're a marketing business marketing agency and I just meet up with them and they've been fantastic they've let me kind of take them on board in a gradual way so it hasn't been a major outlay for me but I they give me they give me confidence to kind of keep doing what I'm doing and even if it's I have to just touch base with them it makes me feel like I'm answerable to someone Mm. so they've been really helpful for me just taking it small steps you know, step by step and not having, not making, you know, sort of money wise. I've tried to, if I have to outlay money, 
I don't do anything else until I've made that back and I'm sort of in, you know, sort of in profit again. So I try and work that way. And another thing I think I've learned is to stop looking at what other people are doing because it just makes me feel vulnerable and like I'm not good enough and all those things that you get from Instagram and just trust what I'm doing. So just make it my journey and my product and just not even... So any company that's slightly similar to mine, I try and I don't, I don't actually follow them or I don't look at them so that I'm not competing or being influenced, influenced. Even, even if it's subconsciously by what they're doing. So that's yeah. very smart. That's a very yeah. smart tip. <laughs> and the other question I got, which is actually from my daughter, Sophie, who is doing her doctorate in psychology. So usually with Sophie, it's, all about and we're on a bit of a journey together with trying to continually work on ourselves and you know sort of do the best we can emotionally with life and Mm -hmm. she's a really great support for me emotionally and so she said what was your biggest fear when starting out with Nunchi and what strategies did you use to overcome Mm. this fear good one well So I had a major fear of failing and because it was one of the first times that I really put myself personally out there, it was really scary. I was really terrified that no one would like my product. I wouldn't sell any. I'd be throwing money away. So I really had to work on, you know, all that self-talk. It's okay. You can do this. You know, you'll never know unless you do it. You just got to put yourself out there and seeing other people do it, I think was really, really helped me to do it. So would that have been a daily pep talk, affirmations? Were you doing Um, that often or just when you felt the fear creeping in again? Probably daily. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much daily. And then I would get to, every now and then I'd get to a point where I would just feel like I can't do this anymore or "This this is too hard. What am I doing? What do I think I'm doing? You know, I'm just fooling myself you know this is crazy who do I think I am doing something like this and then I would just sit with that and go you know what it's okay I think this is normal and of course there's so much that you can like things like you're creating you know you hear about other people doing things and you realize that that's actually very normal to have these fears and you've just got to keep doing it so you know, I'd be, there were times when I'd just be really terrified when I'd put myself into a new market and put myself into a new space. And I suppose one of the biggest things I would do then is I'd draw on my support team, which is, you know, I've got an incredible family. My husband just supports me 100%, which I could not do without. And my three girls who are just incredible, they're my biggest support. And they just say, mum, you did it for us. We're here for you. And I think they love seeing their mum kind of, you know, doing what I'm doing. And they're really proud of me, which is just, you know, makes my heart sing. And each of them in their own way just really helps me. So if they're not helping me behind the counter, they're helping me. I've got you know, my oldest daughter runs this incredible design agency now called Golden. Um, she's an interior designer and she just is amazing. And she's a great support now if I, like if I'm setting up my stall, 
I'll just say, you know, what do you think? And she'll just give me a few really beautiful ideas. So my middle daughter's an artist, so she's as creative as hell. She's always putting on exhibitions and putting herself out there. So I've watched her process. And my younger daughter's now going to be this amazing clinical psychologist. She's, you know, that incredible emotional support. So I've just, yeah, I've got all that behind me, which I'm just so incredibly lucky and grateful for. Yeah. How can, like, how, when you look at that, how can you fail? Yeah. If you keep getting out of your own way every time, yeah. it, will, it will work. Yeah, they're just like this, you know, supporting big hammock for me that if I fall, they've got me. You know, so it's all okay. Then I always come back to all that that, um, personal learning I had just before I started my yoga, my mindfulness, and my absolute go-to, my long walks along the beach. So everything that I kind of talk about in Nunchi is a part of me. And if ever I do an Instagram post... I always make sure it's completely me and totally authentic. And yeah, so that's kind of my biggest, even if I, because these um, marketing girls have helped me connect to a few kind of influencers. Yeah. But I say to them, I can't, they've got to absolutely love Nunchi. You know, there's nothing, there's got to be nothing inauthentic about this process. So unless they love my product, you know, they're not allowed to say anything about it. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about that because I'd rather the process to be slow and considered and organic rather than it become inauthentic or lose its soul, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I love it. You're so aware. So beautiful. Well, I think that age has got a lot to do with age and experience. And I think the other thing is I kind of figure... It's now or never. Yeah, I'm at the time of my life where I can take risks and do things that I'm really passionate about. And that's the beauty of getting older, I think. Whereas when you're young, it's so much more about the money and all that side of it. Whereas I've been able to do this really slowly. So, although it's only been 18 months, so I've got to keep telling myself. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. For taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, well, I couldn't think of anything better to do than talk about Nunchi for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it, it's so incredible that you can give the honest insight that you give. Because when you do look at Instagram, and not just your Instagram, but everyone's Instagram accounts, it's mm. such a such a filtered, curated thing that you sometimes forget that there are real people behind these with real fears, real failures, real learning, like lots of stuff goes into creating what you see. Yeah, absolutely. I don't actually know if I would personally be on Instagram if I didn't have Nunchi because I find there is so many negative effects that it can have. But I try and use it as a creative outlet I follow people that I'm interested in their journey and their products. And I try and follow people that are actually also really honest and authentic. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I choose to do. And you know what? It'll probably not 
be there soon as everything <laughs> it will have its day so what the next thing will be i don't know, don't know. but i actually in our in our business we were one of the first people to start up email marketing and i'm probably not doing a very good job of it at the moment but i think that's going to be a really important part of my business to build up that yes marketing side of it so really building that loyal following and people that just buy your product because they love it and they want it and yeah and I think that gives you also a really personal voice with the people yeah so well thank you thank you thank for, you and about sort of the honesty I can't be anything else than honest and open that's just who I am and I think I've often been around friends and they've often said, die, you know, I've been so honest about stuff. Could be a bit of an oversharer. Oh, I'm totally an oversharer. I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just who I am. Thank you. OMG, die. Love her. Okay, Skill Seeker. Now head over to the Facebook community group at Skill Seeking Business Babes and Tell us about how you came up with your business name. I want to know your amazing stories and if you learnt anything along the way that you would love to share. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? Head over and join the conversation today. And while you're here, while you're doing that, while you've got your fingers out on your phone, make sure you head over to the iTunes app and subscribe and leave us a review because every week when we book these amazing guests who are so open and honest about the actual running of a business and the blood, sweat and tears that goes into creating a brand, an inspirational brand, a inspirational brand that we know, love and trust. When we're booking these people and asking them to spill the beans, the fact that you guys love it makes all the difference when booking these brands. So head over, give us a review on iTunes and subscribe. All right, that's it for me. See you next week. Thanks for listening, Skill Seeker. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. So you don't miss a thing and we continue to book these amazing guests for you, head on over to iTunes and subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review. Catch you next week as we chat to another amazing guest and learn about what they know now that they wish they knew then. 